Welcome to our Sunday morning worship celebration where we love celebrating Jesus even more than I love playing with toys. And there's a toy. There's a story behind this toy. All right. So uh, this is called a fart gun. The only thing that would be cooler is it only makes fart sounds a little light. Only thing that would be cooler is if it had an actual smell. It does not. But here's the deal. I play it forward. If you're volunteering, they give you an opportunity to, like, get toys as well. So I told Christy last year that I wanted this toy, and she said no, which I guess, you know, wives think differently than husbands. But I was like, I really, really want this toy. Her reasoning was, you know what, there's some kid out there somewhere that would really love this toy, and it's not fair for me to deprive a child of a fart gun. So I left it there last year, and I said, you know what? If by the end of the day no one has taken it, then I am going to have this fart gun because that's God saying, you know what, Floyd? This is my gift to you. The fart gun was gone within like 15 minutes, which I can understand why. But... She said, I kid you not, she said, you know what? If God wants you to have it, it will be there next year. This year, the fart gun showed up. And although, you know, I know we were there to give gifts to kids, I actually hid it in a storeroom and had Patty take it out a couple of days ago and bring it here so I could... Yeah. It's okay, but if I get into trouble, I get up to the thing where they're checking us out, trying to like hide it under games. And she goes, Oh, look, Patty has the fart gun. I'm like, Oh, no. Oh, but thank you, God, for answering even the smallest of prayers, even a year later. Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. Just a quick, quick, quick question or poll. Uh, has anyone, anyone exchanged Christmas presents with like family that you're not going to see or any, anyone had any Christmas present exchanges yet? Nobody. Anyone been to any Christmas parties or gatherings yet? A couple. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, were they work or family? How many work Christmas gatherings? Yeah. How many family early? Oh, okay. Mostly work stuff. Okay, cool. That's a fun time of the year. Uh, and there are going to be so many more. I mean, we're still early in December, although it feels like mid-October outside. Praise God for the awesome weather. Uh, but we're still early on in the, uh, the year, so I can, I mean, in the Christmas season, so I can See where there's you know not a lot of gatherings yet, but as you get closer, uh, how many have Christmas work stuff still planned that's coming up? Yeah, and Christmas family stuff coming up. Yeah, lots of family dinners and gatherings and Christmas exchanges. But truth be told, like like you said earlier, uh, although many of us like for me, you know, fart guns, <laughs> toys. This this is like the best time of the year ever. But like we said earlier, there are a lot of people that it's not the greatest time of the year. Not just because they're not religious or anything. They just don't see the joy. Uh, there's a lot of horrible things going on in the world. Like right now, 
Um, still, uh, oh, actually, let me mention this. I forgot to give you guys an update. Uh, how many guys, you heard us talk about Play It Forward, right? Uh, I think I said on a Facebook thing, there were, I want to say 1,100, 1,000, yeah, 1,100 plus, I mean, there might have been 1,102, I have no idea, families that came through and got free toys, and it was so much smoother uh, than last year, although last year was great. They assigned everyone a time, so people had times to come and get all their stuff, and, um, you know, other than a few wrinkles, uh, the crowds outside were great. Uh, the people coming in and through were great. Everything went smooth. So uh, toys for 4,000 children. Yeah, for like 4,000 children. And I don't think 4,000 children got like a toy. Uh, not the way some of them were carrying out carts and stuff. And it's cool, because if you come first, and there were some people that got there at 8 o'clock at night, uh, Friday night, spent the night. So they could be first in line. So if you're first in line, you can get first pick. That's great. If you're last, though, those are the people where they were like, hey, there's still dozens of toys and DVDs and movies and things left. Fill your cars up and take whatever you can. And as we were leaving and, and helping one lady to her car, I was like, if you want to pull your car up and go back, go fill your car up because they, they want everything. And like their decorated Christmas tree they had in the corner, they gave that to someone and they said, can I have the decorations? And I was like, yeah, because then we don't got to box it back up. So if you can unplug it, just take it out. And it was just an awesome time. It's a great time of the year, but for a lot of people, it's not an awesome time. It's a horrific time, either because they lost loved ones or because they look at all the things going on, not just in our nation, in our world, but uh, there's still a lot of nations that are at war all over the planet, still nations fighting one another. That means that people are losing their lives and homes are being destroyed, businesses are being destroyed. You can't go back to work because they got bombed. It doesn't exist. All kinds of things like that. Uh, there's still um, a lot of uh, terrorism, and, and here's the bad thing: that terrorism is 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 breeding fear and hatred. Like it's actually working. People are terrified, and it's causing them to hate one another. It's breeding racism. People are hating. I mean, like, if you take if you and you do this when you get home, or you can do it now, um, just take a random word, right? Doesn't matter what the word is. Random word. Google it, and then go look, and you will find either on TV or on the radio or especially on social media, someone arguing over that word. People just at each other's throat over, like, random, just crazy things. Not just this, but just everything. But the terrorism is not helping because it's breeding fear, it's breeding racism, people are upset with different races, it's, they're arguing about black or white, they're arguing about uh, Mexican, they're arguing about you know liberals and conservatives, they're arguing about Democrats and Republicans, rich and poor, uh, everything, you know, it's, it's just out of control. People are arguing about, you know, police and, and, and not enough police or too much police. Uh, they're arguing about the government. They're arguing about meat, which I take personally, but all kind of stuff that people are just, and, and, and it's, there's not a reason for it. But then, so there's not only other people, there's, there's wars and there's terrorism, which is being fear and hatred and argument. There are other people who are naturally just grieving the loss of their loved ones. And, 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 and uh, next year, which is right around the corner, so it's not as far away as we think, but next year, we're going to do a series talking about grief. Because there's not a person on the planet who, if they have not been, they will soon 
be impacted by the loss of a loved one because the death rate is still at, you know, like 100% minus the two people in the Bible that didn't die. So everyone, if you haven't been, will be impacted by that. So we're going to talk about that. But uh, here's the thing. When you're grieving because you either, either, either your husband won't come home because of war, terrorism, whatever, or maybe they died of natural causes, or your spouse won't come home, or you're going to spend Christmas without your children, whether they be small ones or, or fully adult children, you're spending it without them because of their loss. That's hard to do. This, you don't look at this as the most favorite time of the year or the most wonderful time of the year. You look at it as a painful memory, which might be bringing up things that are hard to deal with as you kind of struggle with the loss of your loved one. And then when you hear the verses, like the verses we're going to talk about and we're going to read in a minute, that talk about peace on earth and goodwill toward men, you're like, not so much because my heart isn't at peace. So we're going to look at that. If you have the Bible, open it up to Luke chapter 2. But before we read that, I want us to hear that. And like I said, you can't roll into the holidays without a Charlie Brown clip. So take a look at this. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about. But it's not the easiest to hear where you're dealing with the loss of a loved one and all those painful memories. But if, if you have your Bible, but I want to read through that again, and then we're going to take a look at it. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 says this, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now I'm going to put this up in the King James Version because that's the way Linus did it. Um, and in verse 10, this was says, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all the people. 
And like we just read, if this, this is all supposed to be about good news, where everyone hears the good news, everyone's excited about it, and because we hear this good news, there's joy that comes up in our heart. We're excited, we rejoice, we want to celebrate, and it's not just, I mean, this was specifically spoken to the shepherds for all of Israel, but it's supposed to be for all of humanity. Regardless of whether you're, you know, Mexican or black or white or rich or poor or law enforcement or not or whatever you are, this is supposed to be good news, great joy, excitement for all of the people. But but here's the problem, and I'm going to go back a little bit really quick because um, a couple of weeks ago we talked about this when we talked about pre-Christmas patience. 400 years of silence leading up to the birth of Christ where God had not spoken to his people and, and, and it had caused a lot of like tension because if God is regularly giving you insight and instruction either directly to you or through the church or through uh, the religious leaders and you're saying, yeah, I'm hearing from God, I know I'm going that direction, but then when suddenly he falls silent. Then a couple of things happened. And what happened was the people began to doubt God, even though they had like literally 4,000 years of over and over and over God showing up and doing what he said he was going to do. And even though, as we roll into Christmas, even though there may be people who have had, you know what, we've had God do things in our life before, whether it be healing, whether it be relationships, whether it be finances, people right now, again, like I said, our situation blocks our belief, and they're thinking, you know what, I don't know if God can get me through this. I don't know if God can get our nation through this. I don't know if God can get our family through this. Even though they may have had God show up time and time again. And also, not only did they begin to doubt God, but they also began to think, God doesn't care about me. Because if God cared about me, uh, so-and-so wouldn't be sick. My family wouldn't be in turmoil. I wouldn't have got fired from my job. I wouldn't have had this car accident that's not costing me money and I can't afford to get back and forth to work. Whatever the situation is. And Israel was like, hey, if God cared about us, our nation wouldn't be in turmoil. We wouldn't be going through the trials and tribulations that we're going through. And they were a nation that had been war-torn beyond belief, even to this day. You can still just turn on the news and see that. But this is, this is, this is when the perfect time that God showed up and said, hey, you're still going through these struggles, locally, with your family, nationally. But this is the perfect time for God to show up and show you that, you know what, it's not some politician that's the answer. It's not you doing all this work that's the answer. Jesus is the answer. And things are going to get better, not because your situation changed, but because now the Prince of Peace is here. And that's why the angel showed up. That's why the angel showed up to celebrate because in verse 13, and suddenly there was the, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now the multitude just means a large, humongous, ginormous number. And the heavenly host, here's what that phrase means. There was a host from heaven. That word host is usually a term that you use for a military-sized soldier, group of soldiers showing up. Now, this wasn't, as we tend to think, 
like an angelic choir that showed up with feathers all dressed in white to sing praise God, peace on earth. That's not what it was. This was literally a change in command. Now here's, here's how this works. Any ex-military people? Okay, just me. So you gotta take my word for it till you can get home and Google it. But this is how it works. When a new commander comes onto a base or over a company or over a battalion or over a group of people, what that commander will do is there will be a change in command ceremony. That means there'll be a multitude, not all of them, but a multitude of all the soldiers will come out and they will hold a ceremony because now there's a new commander paying respect and honor to the new commander. This is what this was. The Prince of Peace was born and all the heavenly hosts showed up to pay honor and respect because now the Prince of Peace is here. This was the equivalent of a changing command. So now it wasn't God saying, hey, I'm going to find a guy and I'm going to have him be ruler over your nation and even though he's flawed, we're going to get through it and then I'll find another guy and he's going to rule over your nation. Now God was rolling up his sleeves and saying, I'm going to come down, I'm going to take command and I'm going to do it myself. And even though your situation has not changed, the person in charge is no longer some king that you look to or a religious leader that you hope will lead you the right way. Now the Prince of Peace himself is here. Does that make sense? All right, so here, here when we look at this, this is, this, is, this is what we have today when people are looking at their situations and saying, you know what? I just not feeling the Christmas spirit because I lost a family member. I lost a friend this time of year. I lost a job, you know, just before we went into the holidays. Uh, So-and-so's in the hospital. But now what God is saying, hey, that's not why you celebrate. Not because your situation is the same. You celebrate because the Prince of Peace is here. Yeah, but we still have terrorism going on the war path. Yeah, but the Prince of Peace is here. But ISIS is still like out there doing stuff, but the Prince of Peace is here. But politicians are still arguing on TV, but the Prince of Peace is here. But my loved one is still in the hospital and I'm still without a job, but the Prince of Peace is here. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we're rejoicing in. That's why, here's the thing, let me show you this. Um, when we do our Christmas Eve celebration, and I'm kind of iffy on the whole Christmas Eve thing. I'll share that. I like doing it. I like gathering with people. And, and, and But I also, it's a lot of resources because for you guys on that side, it's come, hang out. For all these guys up here, they got to come, they got to practice, they got to do all kind of work. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of work and I'm kind of like, God, I would love to just be able to hang out instead of like have these guys come and practice and work. But at the same time, it's a unique opportunity for people to invite people in their circles of influence who are hurting, who are dealing with loss, who are dealing with grief, to come and rejoice and despite their situation, to acknowledge that the Prince of Peace is here. And whether we agree with it or not, that's definitely worth celebrating. Now let me share you, as we close, let me share this with you. That song we just sang, which was kind of rough, just being honest, <laughs> was kind of rough, but that song we just sang, uh, it was written by a guy named Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Now, um, 
Some of you may or may not be familiar with the minor motion, but you probably don't recognize it from this picture, because uh, it's been forever since I've been out of school. But he wrote that song. He composed the words to, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. He did it on December 24th, 1864. All right? And he did it based on his experiences, which involved tragic death of his wife, Fanny, crippling injury of his son, Charles, and the nation being in the midst of a civil war. So let me, let me share this with you quickly. After trimming some of uh, her daughter's curls, his wife, Fanny, I guess they, they preserved the clippings. Like, you guys probably put them in boxes or bags and show them to them later or put them in a memory book. They preserved them in wax. And when she was melting in wax with a candle, they fell upon, some of these drops fell on her dress. And the window was open, a breeze came through, and long story short, her dress got enveloped in flames. In her attempt to protect her daughter, she ran, now this has got to be tragic, she ran to her husband, Henry Study, and he frantically attempted to extinguish the flames, but wasn't able to do it. And then this is what he resorted to. He couldn't smuggle them out, so he threw his arms around his wife, who was in flames, to try to stop her from being on fire. After flames finally went out, he resulted with his face, his arms, and his hands being burned, and his wife died the next morning. And this, he was so burned himself, even though he survived, that he could not, it's not that he didn't want to, he could not attend her funeral. Now the first Christmas after her death, this is what he wrote, this is what Longfellow wrote, how inexpressibly sad are all the holidays. I mean, could you imagine after you doing everything you can to try to save a loved one, and they pass, and then boom, here come the holidays when everyone's yelling peace on earth and joy and celebrating, and you're just grieving the loss of a loved one. Now, a year after the incident, he wrote, I can make no record of these days, better leave them wrapped in silence. Perhaps, this is what he wrote, perhaps someday God will give me peace. Now, on uh, December 25th, 1862, this is what he wrote in his journal. A Merry Christmas, say the children, but that is no more for me. And then a year after that, he received word that his oldest son, a lieutenant in the army, had been severely wounded by a bullet passing under his shoulder, but his son lived, but he was just distraught. So the Christmas of 1863, he didn't write anything. Finally, on Christmas Day of 1864, this is what he wrote. This song that we were singing. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. In his song, he writes this, God is not dead. Not because he saw the movie, but from the scripture, the Lord liveth in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness, and the nations shall, shall bless themselves of him, and in him shall they glory, from Jeremiah 14. So he took that line, he turned to scripture in a time of grief, nation at war, other people losing lives, life just lost their life. Son wounded in war, 
It's like, I'm done, but then turn to scripture, and it takes time to read. We'll talk about that you know, later on down the road. Uh, but then turn to scripture, and as he writes this song, he says, yeah, God isn't dead. Even though I'm hurting, even though I'm grieving, God isn't dead. Uh, another line that he wrote, nor doth he sleep, and I love that he wrote the song in King James, uh, says, behold, from the scripture, behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep, from Psalm 121 to 4. And then also the line that he wrote, the wrong shall fail, the right prevail. And that's from this verse, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness from Daniel 9.24. And this one is, is, is the one I just love. Over and over, he says, I hear the bells ringing, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And this is from Luke chapter 2. And suddenly there was the, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. In the midst of all the struggle, in the midst of all this right, it's not, I'm not saying that people aren't going to hurt. I'm not saying that we're not going to experience loss. But I'm saying no matter what our situations, we're celebrating that the Prince of Peace is here. So we're going to do something. I ask you guys to stand. We're going to take another stab at that song. And I'm going to ask you guys to sing out loud. And, and we'll get the, get the tempo and the start and everything right. And ask you guys to sing out loud. If all you do is just read the words on the screen loud, that would be great. And if all you do is, you know, express your inner choir. I'm not saying you got to express your inner, like, everything else. But inner choir when they sing peace on earth, they just sing. If you do nothing but sing that part, nothing but sing, yeah, peace on earth. Not because ISIS has been taken care of or all the wars have stopped or all the issues in our nation have stopped, but because the Prince of Peace is here. That alone can bring glory to God. God, we know that through human instruments, there will never be peace on earth. But we know and we celebrate and we rejoice despite what's going on in our homes, in our schools, in our communities, in our nation, or on this earth. We rejoice and celebrate that the Prince of Peace is here. And only through him will there be peace on earth. Praise you, we thank you, we pray you, we bless us as we go. Allow us to share that message with those of our children and friends. We pray this in Jesus' name.